Yo, it's your girl, Kashandra. Your is Katama. Welcome to Yo to Year Podcast. Where we talk about everything from side chicks to current events while staying black as fuck. Hey, let's do it. Hey y'all, y'all listening to Yo to Your. And today we gonna talk about surviving uh, breakups. Yes. yes. I think this is going to be a really interesting topic. We both were in like long-term relationships and we both are in different stages of our breakup. Mm-hmm. So I think that this would be very interesting. Mm-hmm. To, like, So what do you think surviving a breakup even means? Surviving a breakup to me means going through all the stages with with the breakup so that means like going through the anger stage going through the sad stage and then coming to acceptance of where you're at where your relationship is at um and how you move forward okay so going through those different stages and Mm -hmm. getting to that acceptance stance that acceptance stage that's surviving it Mm -hmm. okay I, i guess it's the same thing for me going through those different stages so what stage did you say you're at Mm, currently i think see the stages aren't linear right (laughs) (laughs) okay they they, right exactly i forgot what they call it it's not cyclical but they go but definitely go back and forth they're not rigid okay um so i feel like i am right now in the fuck you nigga stage which is (laughs) (laughs) which is like anger right yeah and then i'm at acceptance of like okay i need to let this go out of my life in order for me to grow Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like it it no longer suits me okay i used to be upset about that like "Mm, no we gonna make this shit work but no it doesn't okay so so it took you so you had to fuck you nigga stage Mm -hmm. your breakup is how how long yeah um, let's cons- let's talk about what's the definition of a breakup then. Oh, look at that! that right, so technically we broke up back in October, at the end of October, beginning of November. Yeah, but we talked and went on dates since that time period. Mm. So we didn't actually break like our connection with one another. Mm-hmm. I mean, because of that, like I'm still attached to you in some kind of form of way. It might not be as intimate or as as hard as it was before but in some kind of way like i'm still i wouldn't go talk to somebody else and feel comfortable with it mm-hmm. um so i think officially in my mind i i broke up probably like last week <laughs> so okay what you're saying is interesting too because like okay my breakup was like a little more than a year and a half ago mm-hmm. so i that stage of like with the stages of a breakup, there's also the actions that come with it. So there's times in which people are still engaging with that person previously. So like me and my ex still talk after mm-hmm. we broke up. We would like, you know, try and, I don't know, you can't just get rid of that person. Right. Especially if you're with that person for a long period of time. But then that's your, that's denial. That's like one of the stages right. of it. You know, aside from anger, it's like a denying like this mm-hmm. shit is happening. Mm-hmm. So my denial came with, and just putting my business out there, but my denial came with like, one, just like denying my own feelings. Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, people talk about like toxic masculinity. We talked about it. But um, not being comfortable with my feelings or my emotions with the breakup I denied my own emotions and just, like, buried myself with, like, talking to women or, like, just 
engulf myself in just activities that weren't conducive. Like, I don't drink or nothing like that, but, like, binge-watching movies. I'm just playing. (laughs) Like, binge-watching TV shows and, like, not doing anything productive. Yes. And then, like, talking to women just to feel some type of thing because I wasn't acknowledging that, no, this breakup is real. Right. So that was a big thing. Mm -hmm. And then, like, still communicating with my ex was, Mm -hmm. like, the denial part. Yeah, I think for me, like, I, you know how people say rip the band-aid off fast? Yes. I, I rip that band-aid off slow, hunty. When yeah. I, cause if I would have just stopped talking to you when the actual, like, sever break happened, yeah. I would have moved on with my life by now, right? Yeah. So, I just feel like myself, I thought, like, mm, if you stay in community, cause it's also on the other person. Like, the words they say, can can make or break a difference like if you talk about that you still love a person or if you're talking about like i still want you back but i need to make these moves and the breakup wasn't like he cheated it wasn't like he did something faulty it was more like he needed help he needed some time to figure his life out and and dealing with that and i'm like okay well as a as a therapist or somebody who went to school for psychology like understand that and I want you to have self growth so I want to stifle that yeah. and I want to be a supportive person to you but where where am I prioritizing myself mm-hmm. and where am I prioritizing my needs in relation to his yeah and when I just want to touch on that like when you said it wasn't cheating or anything like that like I think those are usually the hardest shits to accept like I remember I've been in relationships before not my previous one but like I've been in relationships when I was younger where I kind of wish the person would cheat. Yes. Just so that I have a valid. So I could be mad. Just so I could be. So I have a valid reason fuck that nigga. to break up with. Yes. You. So like those are often the hard breakups to like really deal with because they still have this like bit of hope. Yeah. You can kind of skip the whole denial. We like with the the cheating, you can skip the denial stage and get straight to the end mm-hmm. because it's like not nah, fuck that. You right. did something. He actually did action, or exactly. they actually did action. There's a valid reason to want to break up with that. Person. Right. But then you also invalidate your own feelings in which you're like, no, I genuinely just don't want to be with this person or this person is not good for me. Right. You just can't find a valid reason to because, you know, they didn't cheat, they didn't mistreat you or anything like that. But I just don't want to be with you. Right. Which is a valid reason. You're not meeting my needs. I'm not happy at where I'm at. Yeah. This isn't something that feels the energy is not right. That's a valid reason not to have somebody in your life, whether it's an intimate relationship or a friendship. And then a lot of times we'll stay in those relationships because um, we'll chase potential Mm -hmm. rather than, you know, seeing what the fuck is in front of us. <laughs> like even with like what you said with the with your ex or like what I tried my best not to do with my ex is like I don't want to give you this idea of potential. Mm-hmm. Like even when you break up and I still say, Well, I still love you and all that shit, there's a potential that we could get back together. And I wanna sometimes people will dangle that potential in front of you after breakup because they don't want you talking to anyone else or they're just not ready to let you go. Correct. A lot of times it's selfish. Yeah, it's selfish as fuck. A lot of guys will do that too because mm-hmm. they don't know how to express their emotions. They don't want to express like they miss you and all this other stuff. So they'll just dangle, keep you with us mm-hmm. and not so that you don't talk to other guys, mm-hmm. but then they'll talk to other people and mm-hmm. shit like that. Like it, 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 there's a lot of there's multiple levels to the whole breakup thing mm-hmm. but I thought that was interesting when you said the whole like not cheating because oftentimes that's what people when I say that me and my ex broke up or if I say anything like I'm single and they're like what happened 
their first assumption is that I cheated. Right. It's usually the first thing that they assume is that I cheated or I did something wrong. No, I didn't. It just didn't work out. Or mm. I just didn't find you to be um, conducive to my life. Mm-hmm. I didn't find you to be a good partner. Mm-hmm. It's very simple like that. So um, since I'm at, like, what, year and a half, first couple of months was just denying it. It was, like, it was just, like, denying the emotions that I was feeling because there was no cheating, because there was no infidelity or wrongdoing, really. It was just that it was something that I really worked hard at mm-hmm. that just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And that took me a long time to accept that because I'm used to if I work hard at something, it works. Right. Or it pulls through, but I worked my ass off in that relationship, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it didn't work, work out. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot. I had to accept my best wasn't enough, and it was something that took me a while to. And it's still like processing, mm-hmm. but it took me a while to accept. And the reason why it took so long is because I spent such a long time denying it, mm-hmm. like denying just the emotion of it, right? Just unhealthy activities, right? Like eating. I'm a stress eater. So I'll eat Me like too, honey. Honey buns, my nigga. Them shits be hitting. I don't want no honey bun, but <laughs> <laughs> honey buns be hitting the right places. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I think the longer you stay in denial stays, the more hindering it is for you. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think I think I try to play it a couple of ways. I try to keep him at a certain point at bay, right? So I tried to keep that attachment, but I also was, like, logging on to dating websites. So I was like, if I get my foot out there, I could make a connection or or lessen the intensity of our connection that will make it easier for me to pull away. Now, it never makes it easier because of, like, how much history we have. Like, I was dating this nigga for, like, four years, Mm-hmm. We were officially together for almost two years, two two mm-hmm. of those years. So that's a lot of time that's I spent in yeah. energy. <laughs> I spent with this nigga, and it was frustrating and hard. And there was times within it, I'm like, Chandra, uh, you should probably just get your bag and go. Mm-hmm. But um, that denial was so real because of how much time and effort I was putting into it. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to see it play out right. Mm-hmm put two puzzle pieces that don't fit together mm-hmm. like don't try to make it work mm-hmm. if it's not fitting like that's not the corner piece but mm-hmm. no let it go and i always try to do self-reflection like chandra are you doing that mm-hmm. are you trying to put a puzzle piece that's not right are you trying to connect something that should not be there mm-hmm. um and even though i could give you an answer and i could be like yeah i am doing that i still would deny it and be like but i'm still gonna do it yeah because it's like it's sometimes it's easier to try and force those puzzle pieces together than to actually let it go uh, like let it go because again like you know that that what that fear of missing out mm-hmm. like sometimes when you see potential yeah. you feel that if i don't try to put these two together then I'm missing out on an amazing opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, like, a lot of times we get caught up in that potential mm-hmm. and get up and caught up in, like, what we think could happen, but it's not actually seeing what's happening in front of right. us. Right. And whether that's in a relationship or outside of a relationship, that denial is incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. So even, like, the whole... Because I, I joined a couple of dating apps, too, mm-hmm. which most of the time they're trash. Like, mm-hmm. I've always said, if you don't pay for the dating app, it's going to be garbage. Mm-hmm. But this idea that you can mask your feelings by talking to someone else or, um, you know, find someone new or something like that is all a part of denial. Like, you're all just denying what you're feeling. 
Mm-hmm. And eventually that denial goes to the next stage, which is just anger. Right. I think, yeah. So one of the things that I've gained from here is being able to just sit in where you're at. Like, sit in and just be. That's you so know? hard for me. It's like, fuck. It's hard as hell for me. Yeah. Like, you just want, you want to... I'm a fixer too. Yeah. Like as a person, I just want to create a solution and go for it. Like we need to move forward. Like why are we staying stagnant? But sometimes it's healthy and good for you to stay stagnant. You know, like you you learn your lessons from staying stagnant. You you you're able to create an efficient plan to move forward mm-hmm. when you're sitting still and just taking in what's happening around you, what happened in your life, and what are you going to do moving forward. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, even though I ripped this band-aid off really, really slow, I think, I guess I did it in a process that was comfortable for me. And for this being, like, my first quote-unquote, like, adult relationship, not, mm-hmm. like, no little kid shit, adult relationship, I think I'm going to have to take some time, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that's a big part of breakup. Yeah, but I think, because uh, the big thing, like I said, standing still is hard for me. So... A lot of times, I did not take any time to stand still. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just constantly working, constantly doing stuff to not address how I was feeling. And once I did start to address it a little bit more, I did feel anger. I was very angry at, like, just how it panned out and how things were going and how we were handling the relationship after the breakup. Um, I felt that we were still interacting, but the interacting wasn't constructive. Okay. Or like, I feel like to me, it doesn't make any sense to talk to your ex. I was gonna say, like, what are what do you feel like are the guidelines for like a breakup? I really don't think you should talk to your ex after you break up. Like, mm. it doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. um, because it's just your bullshit way of keeping that person in your life. Right. Um, you know, oftentimes people say having sex with your ex is usually the best, which is very true. Right. But because wow. you, know, you gotta make that nigga, you gotta make that nigga remember. <laughs> you gotta this is what you missing out on. Ah, <laughs> you gotta put that extra shit. You got ocean. It's also on. suspicious too, because if you come back doing some new tricks, I'm like, who the fuck taught you this? <laughs> Don't worry about it, bitch. No we here. You wasn't doing this for two and a half years. <laughs> who taught you this? But um, I don't think that any of that is it's healthy. In my Bonnie bag. Yeah, I don't think any of that stuff is healthy. Like, I don't yeah. think you should be talking to that person at all because you're just, you're not moving on. You're mm-hmm. not moving past it. I mean, there's oftentimes in which people, uh, we're talking about real breakups too. Like, you know, people say we're broken up, but it's not real, real. Like, if it's a real breakup. How you know it's not real? That's a, I, sometimes you could feel it. Like, the last, me and my ex broke up, like, maybe two, t- two or three times. Hmm. And, like, there were times we didn't talk, but it didn't feel real. Like, it was But over. that last time we broke up was, like, for me, because I'm the one who did the breaking up. Mm-hmm. For me, it was the final straw. Mm-hmm. It was just, like, something happened, nothing bad or anything like that. It was just, there's something that she always did that drove me crazy. And I just had it. Mm-hmm. And I finally, came, and I came to the conclusion on my own that I can't. This is not uh, constructive for me. Right. This is not conducive for my development. So I wasn't into it. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I wasn't going to be going back to that. So once I made that final decision to myself that like I know I'm not going back because of how it panned out. Amazing person, not a great partner, and I need a good partner. I'm, and once I've made that conclusion, I was like, there's no reason why we should talk. Yeah. And it sounds cold and it sounds like I'm being mean, but I'm doing this for you, too. Because the more and more we talk, the more and more 
we'll think to ourselves, oh, you know what? Maybe we could do this. Or maybe if I did something like that, blah, blah, blah. No, this is a decision that we're sticking to. Mm-hmm. And we need to go through these cycles so that we can move on. And if some act of God, we meet up again a couple of years later and we think that we could work it out, then we could work it out, whatever. But for this time being, this relation, this breakup is final and it needs to be treated as such. Yeah. So, I, and I also think that people, I mean, cope with it the way you want to cope with it. But like, I think just diving into a new relationship or getting a rebound is not con- constructive at all. Mm-hmm. It's just another way to mask your feelings. So a lot of times people would be quick to find someone new or, you know, find that person that was like possibility the whole time or get some rebound dick or, you know, get some rebound pooty wah. But it does. Pooty wah. I like the word pooty <laughs> Um But. It's a lot of syllables. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. But a lot of times it's it's not. Um, I mean, and then you try to build a relationship with that person and it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't work. I get that. But sometimes, like, having your focus on something else is helpful. Like, I mean, it is a distraction. It definitely is a distraction. It's not you sitting in what the hell's going on. But a lot of people find that that's the best way for them to move on because now their focus is not so obsessive on their ex. What does moving on mean? Like, when you say moving on, what do you mean? Moving past that past person to a new person. But then, okay, so... The reason why I'm apprehensive with that is because in order for you to move on fully, you also have to learn the lesson. Right. So it's like if you are so quick to jump on someone else after mm-hmm. a breakup, then did you really want to move past that previous relationship? If you can move past that previous relationship so quickly, then you weren't I, – I feel like you weren't in a, a loving relationship like that. And if you were in a, weren't in a loving development a developmental and great relationship for so long, then that says something about you. Mm-hmm. So if and if you're willing to just move on and move past that love and relationship so fast, that also says something about you. Mm-hmm. And there's no way you can learn that lesson of two years in a couple of months, a couple of days, right. a couple of weeks. So you need to learn that lesson, what you didn't like, what you did like, what went wrong. Like you need to do a full on analysis, analysis of Mm -hmm. what went wrong in that relationship. What did more wrong? What What did did you do wrong? Exactly. What did you do wrong too? Because it's not just all in that person. Mm -hmm. And you need to understand, okay, how are you not going to repeat that in the next relationship? And and that takes time. Mm -hmm. That takes self-reflection. And I don't think that you can do that with a new person in a short amount of time. I agree. You need to take that time. Because a lot yourself. of the behaviors will play itself again in your next relationship. Precise, like, and it's it, it not only just the behaviors, but the results of the behavior mm-hmm. can come too. So, like, if you don't actually learn the lesson the first time, it may not look like how it did the first time, but it's it may not look like how it did previously, but it's still going to come out. So, like, say you were in an abusive relationship mm-hmm. that was physical. Not This is extreme, but say it was a physically abusive relationship. And now your lesson that you taught yourself was I don't want to be in a relationship in which someone hits me. Mm-hmm. So, then in your next relationship, the person doesn't hit you, but he talks to you like shit. Right. So like, and the, you're okay with that. And then you... 
are okay, you know I me. Mean? I wouldn't say okay with it, but mm-hmm. like you're like, oh, the overall lesson I didn't I was supposed to learn is that I don't want someone who mistreats me, mm-hmm. and this is what mistreatment looks like and feels like, and mm-hmm. I don't want someone to make me feel that way because I don't deserve to be feel that way. That's the entire thing, rather than I don't want someone who hits me. Yeah. Do you understand? I agree. So, so I, I think you I need to learn that lesson from the first relationship. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about the guidelines to breaking up, right? So one thing you pointed out was stop all communication. Yeah. Does that mean stop following them on social media? Blocked on every. I feel like you blocking them is petty, but is it? <laughs> is it? Because if you feel like I'm I feel like if you place, need block and delete, speaking from a place of bias, right, right, right. Because I've been blocked. Several times. <laughs> I was like, word? Or what have you done? Oh my god, when you click their fucking shit and you're like, this person doesn't exist? <laughs> word? <laughs> they don't exist that's, no more, that's huh? That's how you feel? Say less, my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Say less. For real. But I think you should unfollow them on um, Instagram. I really, I don't know if you should tell your friends to go unfollow them. Mm. Um, I feel like, for me personally... I don't particularly care whether my friends still follow my ex or not. I think my friends still do follow my ex, but they don't go reporting to me what they do. Right. Like, that's not, like, whatever she does is what she does. Like, that's, she's living her life. And if I'm doing stuff, or if your friends are reporting what's going on, then I think they probably shouldn't follow them. Mm -hmm. But if they just, like, follow them because they was cool with them, and like we said before, there was no terrible you know breakup or terrible thing that happened and that makes sense but the communication or the reporting of what the person's going on you shouldn't be getting what about the number on your like your actual phone what do you block the person yo y'all women love the blocks so. i first of all i was not a blocker until recently <laughs> okay I, in in college in undergrad, I used to have a roommate that we. She would be like, "That nigga is blocked." Like, she <laughs> just met him, and you, how are you already blocked? Like, just why? Why do you have to do all that? Like, I felt like there was so much animosity behind blocking somebody. Yeah. Like, like you block uh, bill collectors. Like, yes, you yeah. block those kind of people. That people that I don't you, think you should block bill collectors. Why not? <laughs> why not? Because your life is going to be over. <laughs> 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 you ain't gonna have shit to fucking watch. That's why. why the stove don't work? <laughs> <laughs> Who got nothing to get? <laughs> oh, that's what well, that number was. It's peculiar. <laughs> I swore my water was working this morning. Oh, Lord, no. But I thought it was so much animosity behind blocking a person. But honestly, I felt, well, it might be petty, and I'm a little, I'm a petty person. So when I first <laughs> blocked somebody, <laughs> I was like, ooh, this feels good. I was just about to ask, like, does it feel good when you... Because I've never good blocked anyone block, in my life. But it only feels good if that person's actually going to contact you. Ooh. So if you unblock <laughs> them or if you go to your messages and there's no block messages... Yeah, yeah. Now I'm upset because I blocked you for no reason. See, that's the thing. I, I You can block me. I'm not going to hit you up. Right. Like, Either if way. If I say that we not talking no more, mm-hmm. even if I want to hit you up, I'm not going to hit you up. Mm-hmm. Because one, I know that I know that shit's going to hurt you. Because <laughs> I guess I am being petty myself because I know that's going to bother you when you don't see no messages right. and phone calls. Oh, so you don't care. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. So, yeah, like, I won't hit you up. Because I, you know, just the whole, my ego and pride mm-hmm. won't allow me to do that. 
But also, like the only good thing that you, the only thing that you're worth blocking me on is Instagram because, like, I'll look at your, you know, I could, I could be a creep. I could right, 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 cyber stalking. So who's this nigga? Right, right, right. Whose nigga shoulder is that? Don't her? worry the, about it. Yeah. So like, that's the only thing. But phone calls. Once I say I'm not talking to you, I'm not talking to you. You're dead to me, pretty much. Like, I'll delete your Dedication. phone. I, I won't block you, but I'll delete your number. Okay. And, but here's the thing, too. If you're blocking someone to be petty, I'm like, no, oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you're blocking someone because you need to do that to cut off communication with that person. Then all means. Then that's fine. Mm-hmm. Then I, I mean, I get it. You need to take time to block them so that you can do it yourself. Right. You do it. Cut off communication with that person. That makes perfect sense. Right. But, like, blocking and be petting. I mean, I'm just speaking from my own personal experience. Like, when I, yo, somebody recently blocked me, and I was like, what? So that's how we play? Say less, my nigga. Right. My story's finna be lit, and you ain't gonna see none of my stories on Instagram. Oh, I'm gonna take some sexy pictures, and you ain't gonna see none of that shit, nigga. Yo, that's all you meant. <laughs> I just never been a fan of blocking. Lord have mercy. But yeah, the anger, I mean, the, the dial, cutting off communication, then ex- that anger that you're gonna feel, it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And it should happen. Go, Yeah, it should happen. Go through that anger. Um, address that anger head on. What about the feeling of failure? I feel like that's a big part of breakups too feeling like you failed at something that was taking blame that was new to me Mm. that was really really new to me i was uh that feeling of failure was something that like i said before i'm used to my my mother used to say it all the time it was there's a try and then there's a a containment try Mm. so like she'll ask me all the time did you try and I was like, yeah. She's like, but did you do a containment try? Because mm-hmm. containment try means that I got shit done. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, when I want something, I'm relentless. Mm-hmm. Like, I go after it by any means, stuff like that. And with my previous relationship, like, there was a lot of things that we did to really, like, she was, um, culturally, she was, like, very traditional. So, you know, like, the pathway was supposed to be, like, marriage. Mm-hmm. And I'm the type of person, if you want to get married, I have to prove to you that I'm a worthy um, husband, and you have to prove to me that you are a worthy wife. Right. And we have to make that work to get there. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that we did to work and, you know, get to that place where we could see ourselves being worthy of that title. And I worked my ass off. I worked my ass off just trying to convince her to try to do different things or just, you know, helping her to see potential, working, working out, working on myself. And it just wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. And there was a part of me that was upset at myself for failing, which, like I said before, it was like a new feeling. feeling. Mm -hmm. And it made me feel, I don't know, not inadequate, but it made me feel out of control Mm -hmm. because the failure wasn't particularly in my hands. Mm -hmm. Like, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Right. So that was one of those things where I was like, I can't. There's but so much I can do. Mm-hmm. I can't make you try to communicate more effectively. I right. can't make you want to like talk and address certain things that could be uh, hindering for our relationship. I can't make you do that stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't make you want to work out and like just be healthier mm-hmm. in particular. I so the failing uh, in, a, in the relationship, but it wasn't particularly all my doing because there is responsibility there's certain things that i could have definitely did better right, right, right. i could have been way more um supportive mm-hmm. i could have used my work i could have been definitely more accepting 
or more uh, understanding of the cultural differences that we were going through. Because okay. she was like Haitian, I'm Jamaican. Haitian culture is very different than uh, Jamaican. Jamaican culture mm-hmm. and, and most other Caribbean culture. And there are certain things that, that, that would go on. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. But instead of saying what the fuck are you talking about, I could have did a better job mm-hmm. understanding it. Well, but, tell me why you think that was. Huh? Tell me why you think that way. Think what? That's what. Oh yeah, actually, like yeah. Why do you think that way? Mm-hmm. Why is it like that? But um, and I wasn't. I was a little bit more judgy. So mm-hmm. th- that's very true. But uh, there's a lot of other things that I've really worked my ass off right. to do, and it just wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that was. What about you? I had to understand in a sense because at first it was like I put all the the pressure on. What? Well, I didn't put all the pressure on me but I took a big chunk of it I was like I failed not like the relationship failed like I failed in making this succeed Mm. and I think that's that's not a healthy outlook at all because first of all you're taking accountability of this other whole other adult person which has their own behavior has their own thought process and you can't make nobody do what you know whatever they're gonna do so I had to change my mindset from saying like this is a failure on my behalf to like no this is a relationship that didn't work out but that doesn't mean that necessarily I failed yes you know uh-huh. like I had to put it as in like an external figure Mm-hmm. In order to really sit there and look at it. Now, can I have done things differently? For sure. I could have spoken up more. Like, mm-hmm. when I saw shit happening back then, I should have been like, yep, yeah, nope, <laughs> this ain't going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, finding a voice for myself is a big thing that I have to currently work on. And in the future, know that in my relationships, this is not going to be okay mm-hmm. to be so forgiving or submissive. Mm. with um, my wants and needs Mm. I think the biggest thing was like our communication and me vocalizing was not okay so boundaries I Mm. guess so being able to to instill boundaries and keep them up like don't just say it and then let shit happen like you have to say it and then make decisions from there Mm -hmm. because really a relationship is a choice right either you're being any relationship that you're in is a choice yes right so either you're you're choosing to be there you're choosing to walk away Mm -hmm. and if you allow this person to keep pushing the fence or pushing the limit like that's on you Mm -hmm. so that is the accountability that I took I'm not gonna say that it's a failure but it's a lesson that I have to learn yeah that was and uh, and it's interesting that you're because my initial thought wasn't that I failed Mm -hmm. my initial thought was that the relationship failed Mm -hmm. um I mean did something failed I, I didn't put the blame on me but I felt like I usually I just get what I want if mm. I work hard and I didn't and yeah. the relationship failed like I said it was out of my control do you feel like why do you think you took the responsibility on that I don't know I think I think it's who I am in general though like I take on a lot of whatever thing whatever relationship I'm going through if something doesn't work out whether this is a friendship or intimate it, I take responsibility of of what needs to happen and what did happen now in my head I could be like this nigga ain't done shit or she ain't did this and I didn't do this Mm -hmm. but as a whole I feel like I have to fix it so if I feel like I have to fix it I feel like I took on responsibility of the issue Mm -hmm. so Um, why do you feel like that's interesting because like me knowing you personally you're a very nurturing person mm -hmm. so that's probably just a part of your personality which you feel like you feel like you have to take on that responsibility right um, address the relationship but also just for me for me personally I have to learn how to stop chasing potential yeah 
Me and, too. Yeah, like I have to learn because I wouldn't say I have to take the response. I will say I have to take on the responsibility mm-hmm. of trying to fix the relation, trying to fix or address the relationship. But a lot of times, I'm trying to build something to this house that I have in my mind, mm-hmm. rather than seeing what's the tools that's in front of me. Yeah. So like. Um, realistic versus idealistic. Yeah, just but it's not even just realistic. It's just real. Because realistic is like still an implication that there's some type of extra to it. No, this is just real. Like mm-hmm. really, what's in front of me? Oh, this is what. Okay, mm-hmm. this is what I'm getting. Oh, tell me the awful. Let me take these. Let me take these love glasses off. Right, right, right. Oh, so this is who it is. I mean, that's the thing too. Like the small letters. The no, like some somebody I was talking to like a couple of weeks ago somebody said um she said someone told me that they like me whatever right Mm -hmm. and i was like what do you know about me Mm -hmm. like i was just really curious like what do you know about me and she said something about like i was a transplant meaning i you know i moved here from a different place i have my stuff together i seem like i have my stuff together and i'm chasing a dream i said nigga you like the idea of me you know right and like that's a lot of times within relationships too you like you like or love the idea of something of being in a relationship of being in a relationship but the idea of what that person can represent that's true too like a lot of times you know you see those memes that say uh, be someone's peace or be his yeah. peace. Nobody can be your fucking peace. Mm-hmm. You can be a part of my peace. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing that I look for. If you're not a part of my peace, if you're not contributing to that peace, you can't be around me. But you can't be my peace. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people will see someone and think, yo, this person can be that for me and go through all of this stuff. And then when you break up, the idea of giving up that idea of having that peace is so hard Mm -hmm. that you rather just one deal with them like on the side or two just not deal with anybody anybody in general this nigga just attacked a fly what was what was i don't know it came out of nowhere (laughs) yeah so like um (laughs) maybe (laughs) so like yeah the um for me Mm -hmm. potential is something I wish that I, I seeing the potential in someone is great, but letting that be the steering for the relationship is just going to lead to like a dead end, right? Disappointment. Yeah, straight to leads to a lot of disappointment. Yeah. I remember the first. It, I don't know if it was the first night we met. It. I think it wasn't the first. I think it was the second. We went to the taco place. The taco place. Yeah, with Deandra. I think so. Yeah. And he was like, "What's your favorite quote?" Right, uh, and I was like Maya Angelou. Somebody shows you who you are. Believe believed in the first time, man. It's because I was going through like noticing like, oh, this person has a lot of potential, and that's what I'm hanging on to. Mm-hmm. Their potential, but potential don't fulfill you because potential ain't there. Mm-hmm. They could potentially be in that place forever. <laughs> potentially don't pay bills. <laughs> like I potentially can pay you <laughs> on the fifteenth, but realistically, my nigga, I'm not paying you. That's what it's. <laughs> and we have to you have to be okay with that like it's okay to believe in people mm-hmm. it's okay to support and encourage somebody mm-hmm. but when you notice that like shit ain't moving you need to like you got to make a decision yeah that was, that was something i said before and um was if you're in a certain place that someone else isn't in so like i've done a lot of personal work on myself mm-hmm. like i've done a lot of like therapy and shit like that so there are things that I'm able to address because I've done self-work that maybe other people who haven't done the work 
can't address at that time. Okay. So like I can I can effectively communicate some of my emotions now because of the work that I've done and some right. people don't have that. So sometimes when you try to build and if you want to build someone to a certain level, you have to get in the mud with them and you're gonna have to get dirty and then pull them up and so you guys are both clean. A lot of times people confuse mud for quicksand. Mm. So like you that's not mud nigga. You're actually pulling me down with yeah, you. Right, right. And once you feel like that person's pulling you down you gotta go. Mm-hmm. Well, can't um, are you able to escape the quicksand? That's yeah, like, that's like what before I want you to get know. too stuck in that quicksand. Now y'all both niggas is trapped on the ground. Boy, y'all both trapped in fucking quicksand, and now, <laughs> now you just looking at him. So I'm here because of you, you motherfucker. Ain't nobody told you come get me. Right. Like, you, know. you made the joy. So yeah, it's but these are all different lessons that I've come to a year out of like being out of relationship and like learning how to uh, uh, fully assess that previous relationship Mm -hmm. and I know that there were certain things that I didn't like how I felt in that previous relationship Mm -hmm. which is something I had to address too because um, I I just that was that was new to me like feeling like I felt like I was the more emotional one in Mm -hmm. a relationship which can often be perceived as being feminine, which mm-hmm. is less masculine, which can be perceived as less as a man, which we've talked about. Right. But, like, that was the issue that I had to deal with mm-hmm. because I felt like I was being taken for granted. And, like, and not to throw anyone in the bus or anything like that, but I'm just speaking. You might have been taken for granted. Yeah, I'm just speaking how I just genuinely mm-hmm. felt. And it took me a while to deal with that. And it took me a while to address and, uh, and you know, learn from internalize that. And now... I know I don't want to ever feel that shit again. Right. I know I don't ever want to be in a relationship where I feel like that. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to be in a relationship where I feel like I'm being taken for granted or I feel like I'm not emotionally supported. So that's something that I like. Now that I'm like a year out, I'm looking or interested in like dating. Mm-hmm. So like if I see someone who is not uh, emotionally aware or emotionally cognizant i can't even fuck with you gotcha but then that's also another thing about about a breakup is that one of the problems is that you start comparing everyone to that last right so like now it's like before it was um sometimes okay put it like this sometimes it's like well my ex did this and you don't do that Mm -hmm. my ex would do that and oh my ex would be this and that now it's like if you show me any little inclination of what my ex did it's over cut them off like that it's cut off quick because mm. and like it's not like i said it's not a disrespect or to, to throw shade or anything like that it's just me being candid so like if i see anything about like the emotional distant thing the you can't communicate effectively or anything that i feel is not conducive to you being a partner and it looks mm-hmm. anything like my ex it's so quick i'm so quick to cut it off because i'm still i guess i am still bothered by that and i'm still like i was gonna say that sounds like like a traumatic response it i guess it i mean i don't want to make it extreme like it was traumatic i mean a breakup is trauma but I'm a gangster now. <laughs> no, no, I'm not no. saying it's like the like a biggest thing. It's not like I don't know losing so, a parent, but so okay, I it's will still say a loss. It's grief. Was, okay, so that was one of my first heartbreaks, really, mm-hmm. because it was one of those relationships. I guess one of those big adult relationships. Right. I was previously in a relationship in college mm-hmm. for like three and a half years, which is longer than my last one. But we were younger. 
we was in college. I was struggling. I was trying to figure, you know, shit out and blah, blah, blah. And, like, the idea of marriage used to scare the hell out of me with her mm-hmm. because we were so young. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Like, we were so young. It was like, oh, shit. Um, damn, you not going to cheat on me? You sure? <laughs> I think, yeah, I don't know. You, look, you, you don't want to? <laughs> you got big dick energy. You not trying to go over there? <laughs> 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 big dick energy. This bitch is still here. Faithful. That's fuck. Me too. My you dumb got, ass. You got <laughs> <laughs> <My> stupid ass. <laughs> So, like, but then this relationship, the previous one, like, I was out of grad school. She graduated. She was in her career. I was in my career. And, you know, everyone in her family and friends were getting married. And, you know, I guess that was the expectation with yeah. us. So the expectation was we were trying to, this was this is it. you're working towards. This is the end of the yeah. road. So, like, that's what we were working towards. And that idea of being married was something that, like, was new to me. Not new as in, like, I didn't want it, but new as in, like, I didn't really see it happening. Mm-hmm. Like, no one in my family really got married until I was, like, an adult. Mm-hmm. Like, an adult adult. So, I was excited about that potential. And then, like, me and her had a very similar um, upbringing in which there were, you know, things that things that we don't like to address when we were kids. But, like, we both wanted this, like, better lives right. for our um, our offspring and what mm-hmm. we have. So we were bonded and connected on that. So there was that. And then, like, she's a dope person, very charismatic, very um, spontaneous, fun, funny. And so there was, so that was very hypnotic for me, too. Mm-hmm. So all of those things together, and then, like, us spending a lot of time together, I'm meeting her friends, meeting her family, getting invested in all this other shit. Like, the development, the feelings and stuff did come. And for us to go through all of that, for us to build that relationship, for us to work hard at it, for us to like attend like couples sessions, like to talk about issues and talk about communication, to us to make all that work and then not pan out the way we thought it was gonna work out was fucking hard. Yeah. And like that was hard for me to accept. And like the fact that I felt like I was being taken for granted in that relationship. I felt like there were things that I would complain about that my friends would, my female friends would complain to me about. And I'd be like, yo, you dumb. Like, why would you still talk to this person? I'm doing the same shit. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look the same way they did, but I'm dealing with the same right, right, right. stuff. So and the overall experience really bothered me. Hmm. Really, it was my first, like, heartbreak, mm-hmm. to be honest. It, it really, really was. And it, it's, it's, not something I'm used to because I'm used to like oh well alright cool Smooth that's on. it start talking to the next mm-hmm. person like I'll move on and stuff like that like talking to women uh, dealing with women dating women was never that hard well mm-hmm. post college it was never that hard mm-hmm. so it was like fuck it but like this stuck with me and now it's like anything that a girl does that looks like that and I'm still doing that which for me I guess means that I still need some work to be done and still mm-hmm. need to be addressing it because it's been a year and a half and I guess I still need some work because you're right that is I guess a traumatic reaction mm-hmm. my reaction is like oh you do that can't mm-hmm. do that gotta go oh mm, ain't gotta got no go. time Mm-mm. I ain't got no time I don't got time to deal with that shit oh no, no, no two and a half years right. you ain't gonna catch me slipping yeah and you're, you you got a binoculars on yes or, or a magnifying glass really yes because you're looking at it real close. Yes. And it's like, those could be, it could be, I mean, 
it could be telling you the truth like this person is not these actions are going to stay there but how do you know like if you don't address it with that person yes you don't give them the ability to change it yeah how would you know see and then that was a big thing so like there was a certain the big thing that was going on in my previous relationship was there was a lot of issues like she would bring up to me that i was doing and if she brought up to me i was like all right and then i would do the work to try and move past that and if I brought it to you, you're not doing it. Like you're, So there are certain things that, like, if I see now that it could be addressed and mm-hmm. we could work on it together. Mm-hmm. But I am have that knee-jerk reaction. Right, because your past experience told you that that person wasn't going to work on it. Yeah. But that's unfair to compare them. And that's what we're talking about, comparing your past to your to your future. Okay, and that's valid. But I also will say that with your relationships or with that in-between of relationships— you need to learn the lessons. Right. And one of the lessons that I learned is the type of woman that I'm attracted to. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning that the type of woman that I'm attracted to or drawn to is not healthy for me. Okay. So, like, there's a lot of, you know, like, the famous quotes of, like, niggas ain't shit, bitches ain't shit. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know, women or I'll just use women for this who talk to men and they consistently end up being fuckboys, mm-hmm. as they call it. Oftentimes, we are kind of conditioned to be attracted to fuckboys or being attracted to fuck niggas. Mm-hmm. And I was realizing that even though my ex in college and my ex previously couldn't be more different personality-wise if they tried, they physically couldn't be different. The only thing they have in common, because I only date black queens, was mm-hmm. that they were black. Uh, the only thing they had in common is black. They had another thing that was common was that they were both beautiful, charismatic, emotionally distant women. Hmm. And I was like, I can't do that shit again. And I realized, like, that's what I'm used to dealing with. Yeah, right. And, like, I'm used to dealing with emotionally. Like, I can deal with women who have emotions, stuff like that. But there's a draw. Like, this, like, uncontrollable yearning to be with a woman who's emotionally distant. Mm-hmm. And it probably has to do with, like, just the women I grew up in my family mm-hmm. who were just, like, my women in my family were tough as hell. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't, there wasn't, like, nurturing, holding you, nothing like that. Or, like, my mom was not, like, nurturing or anything right. like that. She was very emotionally distant. But, and I realized that, oh, shit, it's a pattern. I had literally had an epiphany. I was, like, in my living room, and this girl I was talking to at the time was there, and it just, like, hit me and mm-hmm. I was like oh shit I'm attracted to emotionally distant women I, I was kind of talking to her talking about her but just in general I was like oh like this is not constructive for me mm-hmm. and now it's like yes with that traumatic experience and like you know I am comparing it to that previous one but I'm also going on the with this understanding that like yo I can't repeat that pattern again I can't repeat that pattern of like going out with these women who for me are not emotionally right aware with that being said i feel like you have to do self-reflection as to what what it is that draws you to this woman these type of women yeah what it is within you as well yeah that's attracting you to to these women right um, Cause that's you also trying to fill some kind of void or correct some kind of situation. That's your I mean, That's true. I mean, because I grew up, I grew up with emotionally distant people. Emotionally right. Distant women. I am can be perceived as emotionally distant a lot of the times, but I don't want that. And like right. I said before, I've done work on myself so that I could be a, li- a more comfortable expression of my emotions mm-hmm. and being emotionally comfortable. Um, but also just like my upbringing in Brooklyn and my upbringing in environments that grew like we don't talk about emotions we right. don't uh, we're not emotionally aware and emotionally available guys don't get women 
So, <clears throat> I mean, that was like, that's not who I want to be. That's not what I'm going to be a part of now. But that foundation of thinking is something I still have to debunk. Right. So I'm still working on that. So I got this, uh, what do you call it? This article from Psychology Today, right? And it gives you 10 tips to break up. So I'm going to read them. Okay. Okay. And we're going to see if we agree or not. I'm not going to agree. Okay. Well, if you <laughs> go in with that mindset, sir. Okay. All right. So up. even though change is mandatory, suffering is optional. Okay. So the first tip to survive a breakup is cry all you want. Let the tears flow. It's healthy. Okay. The second tip is do something every day to help yourself heal, whether that's exercise, read, watch some self-help TV or DVDs, uh, learn to meditate, and don't underestimate the power of positive prayer. The third one is find emotional support, like buddies, friends, a support group, a therapist. The fourth one was be don't be a doormat. If your soon-to-be ex continues to call you or simply won't go away, Mm. tell them you can't heal with them around Mm. and ask them to keep their distance. Okay? Block. That's what it says. (laughs) (laughs) Number five, keep busy. If you wake up early, take a walk. Go out to breakfast. Do something around the house. Try some a little retail therapy. That's my favorite, y'all. Retail mm. therapy, you that's know, you spend them, some coins. We got them, uh, first of all, my bills is paid, my gas, <laughs> my stove ain't never been off. <laughs> Refrigerator always stay. <laughs> stay lit. I'm not gonna say stay full, mm-hmm. but it's stay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, number six would be don't try to mask your pain by trying to find a replacement. Say that again. It says, don't try to mask your pain by trying to find a replacement. Mm-hmm. We all know the term rebound relationship. Mm-hmm. This happens when we unconsciously use another person to fill the gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no bueno. All right, number seven, don't spend too much time alone. So hang out with people again. Find your support group. Number eight, trust your feelings. Even if you were taken by surprise by the breakup, your inner voice is telling you something. So listen. Uh, number nine, take your time. Don't rush out and buy a new car. Don't buy a new home. Don't find a new boyfriend. Just be settled. Mm. And number 10, it says research. Find out what others who have not, who have not just survived, but thrived after their relationship ended to achieve peace of mind. There are some great books out there. Did you concur with all of them? I mean, some of it sound contradictory because they said be settled. Or repetitive? Not, oh. well, some of them were very repetitive. Yeah. But then there was some that said, like, be still, but also keep busy. Well, I understand that. So listen, because throughout this little, I don't know if it was winter and hibernation season and I would just wanted to stay in my house, but I definitely stayed in my house a lot more within these past few months mm-hmm. than I have previously. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it is wise in saying that. And it could be my work too. My work is stressful. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I just want to zombie out. But that does, that that's not a healthy situation either because you start to obsess and really think about stuff repetitively mm-hmm. so getting out and doing stuff means your brain's elsewhere mm-hmm. so i do get what they mean okay it's well, all a balance yeah yeah it's all about moderation but the first thing they said was like cry as much as you want mm-hmm. i was like yo i ain't never cried over one day in my life i mean but honey when you shed a tear it feels so good 
Not me. I'm going to tell you now. I ain't never cried in my life. And sometimes I feel like, to be all the way um, honest, sometimes I feel like I need to cry mm-hmm. past that past relationship. Because like I said, it, it bothered me a lot more than what I give off. Mm-hmm. And like I, it bothered me, it hurt me a lot more than what I make it seem like. But I never cry because I'm not allowing myself to cry over nobody. Like the person's, that's just my thought process. I'm okay. not crying over nobody. But sometimes I feel like I should release it. I mean, it ain't gonna happen anytime soon. And probably well, probably not happen. now. Probably not gonna happen anytime <laughs> soon. But I should have took the time. Shut <laughs> it once one here. Yeah, one or two. Just one Denzel glory. Right, I'm here. good. I'm good. <laughs> and that shit go right back on my eyes. So right, right. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, for I shit, I feel like crying's cathartic. When I okay, Chandra cries when either love is denied for her. Like I used to cry not because my mama beat my ass, but because my mama didn't hug me. After, you after, son of a bitch. You don't love me no more. What you mean? What you mean I can't get no? Okay. So I cry because of that, or because I'm like super overwhelmed and frustrated. Like when I become irate about something instead of like going off or popping off on people mm-hmm. like I do it innerly and mm-hmm. I my tears come out um but losing somebody I felt like I I think it was the, the feeling of failure and just that that like something that I really worked for broke like it didn't happen mm-hmm. and so I definitely cried I was I was a big baby I went to sleep and then I woke up and I was all right. I wasn't all right with the situation, but like it was, I was all right. Like I felt better than I did the night before. Mm-hmm. So I think crying is very good. I'm here for it, people. Nah, I never, I never, I haven't done it. I really haven't. Like it's not even like me trying to like. I wonder how many males have actually cried from a relationship. Um, that's a good question. That's a good question, but that's one of those things that like niggas will hide to the death. Hmm. <laughs> they fucking tell you, like, like, oh, who told you that? Uh, <laughs> they lying. <laughs> they're dead now. Like that's what <laughs> they. But I feel like, but then again, men. I feel like men probably do cry, but they just deal with it differently. Yeah. Like they just like once niggas get separated or become single, they become hoes, and like they just be out here clapping mm-hmm. cheeks left and right, mm-hmm. and that's their way of dealing with it. They be playing patty cake. Yeah, and then <laughs> <laughs> grow up. So then, so then, yeah, and then the, after a while that gets after a while that gets old, and then right. you know, then they start harping on it, and then the opposite happens with the girl. Is like you know all hurt and all sort of shit, and then she starts to get over it, and then she starts going through her little phase. She too. over there clapping her cheeks. I mean, you know, throwing it back for a couple ah! of minutes, and learning some new tricks. Okay. Yeah, and then eventually, you know, the whole sex bax is going to probably happen eventually. But does it have to? It doesn't have to, but it's usually what happens. It's usually just a thing, like you know, you know, you left your toothbrush over here. You can come get it if you want. <laughs> I got this old hat. <laughs> Cleared off the dust yeah, for you. Dust bites under my fucking thing. You better come clean it up right now. You remember the cereal box you had? <laughs> it's here. I don't like. What no you mean? P- I ain't got no right. pants on. So like what? Don't no worry p- about whether I got no fucking pants on. Right. Fresh out the shower. Stop you ain't never seen me <laughs> acting brand new and shit. Go get your cocoa puffs. So what's good with you? You got your new girl yet? <laughs> what's that bitch's name? <laughs> 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 
it's the pettiness like, comes out. I really see you doing all of that. Like, I can really see you I'm really not that petty of a person. I can see you like you left it over there. Where? Over there. You make it more bunchy glue. Right there. That's where it went. I'd rather just go pick it up and bend over. Like, here you go. <laughs> Please try to touch me so I can deny you. Like I want I want you to do it. Uh-uh. <laughs> Motherfucker. You think, you think Remember, you left me, motherfucker. <laughs> See, okay. That's what you think when you have a sex with you, motherfucker. <laughs> That's why it'd be so good. Man. It's an angry sex. Nah. I was, there's probably some <laughs> mental blocks with me. I couldn't, we couldn't do, I couldn't do it. That's probably good, though, because yeah, you're good. not supposed to engage in that. Yeah, I couldn't do it. We are not condoning that. <laughs> <laughs> Usually some of the top, top 10. This is like A1. Lord have mercy. So, to wrap up, yeah. what's your last tips for a breakup? My last tips is don't get out of the denial phase as quickly as possible so that you can go into the other stages and learn from your first relationship. I always tell people do not see that relationship as a waste of time. See it as a lesson learned mm-hmm. and learn those lessons that first time so that the next time it doesn't repeat itself. Mm-hmm. What about you? I think my tips to leave it is listen to the person inside you. Listen to your inner thoughts and go for what they're thinking. Your intuition is pretty damn smart. Mm. And we should probably listen more often than we do. Mm. Um, Also, definitely get out and get around with people who support you and positive things and do Mm. stuff that you're ambitious about. Start putting work back into you instead Mm. of your relationship unit. And then it'll all come together again someday. Mm -hmm. Not with that person, but with somebody else. People that support you, not enable you, though. Yes. Enable and support is not the same thing. Right, right, right. Get you some real friends like a tamer that tell you that you're stupid. (laughs) I would tell you. I'm fucking dumb, my nigga. (laughs) See, it's just like that. But I love them, though. (laughs) You're a dumbass, honey. (laughs) Well, y'all, we appreciate y'all. Oh, this is another episode of Yo Two. Yeah. Oh, you getting good. <laughs> All right. Till next time, y'all.